Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, episode number 11. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy. I'm your host today, and I couldn't be happier to introduce my guest today to you. His name is Jensen Gelfond, and he owns a company called Asheville Digital Lifestyle, and he is the go-to resource for all things technical in your life. He caters to businesses, homeowners, even um, entrepreneurs that might have gotten started a little later in life that have a little bit of a learning curve towards um, the technical aspect of your business. So Jensen has all the answers Um, He also really likes to focus on education, which I think is so exciting in the technology piece of uh, the industry because so many times someone just comes in and fixes our problem and then we don't know um, next time how to fix it ourselves. So Jensen solves all those problems. He's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. And Jensen, I couldn't be more happy to introduce you to my audience tonight. Welcome. Oh, so happy to be here. Thank you, Christy. Excellent. Well, start by telling us, um, you know, a little bit about your background. I know you just didn't wake up one morning and suddenly have all this technology stuff in your head. So tell us how you got your start and then maybe even a little bit of anything personal that maybe we can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Well, it's it's definitely been a, a winding road thus far, but I, I started with my technology passion very early in life. So when I was five years old, I got my first computer, a Mac Plus in uh, 1990, and uh, that was that was the beginning. And wow. it just took a, a couple of years before I was teaching my family how to do all their scanning and, and this and that, and uh, <laughs> it, it just happened naturally with those around me with technology. Uh, I didn't necessarily even consider it as a, as a career path growing up. It was just something that I did. And so uh, I grew up in, in Long Valley, New Jersey, northern New Jersey, about an hour from New York City and a half hour from the Pennsylvania border. I uh, went to school at a small college called Dickinson College in South Central PA. I, okay. I actually uh, went to school for environmental studies, of all things. Oh. That's another uh, passion of mine. And so uh-huh. uh, I did a few things around that in terms of voter registration and uh, working to get the vote out uh, in 2008 and moved to uh, Asheville, North Carolina uh, shortly thereafter. And uh, once I moved to Asheville, I started working for a green company called the Green Festivals, uh, the largest sustainable event planning company in the United States. And uh, mm. that is, is where I, I started to think about using my technology background uh, on a much more professional level. Uh, just naturally through the course of a couple of years, I became their uh, main IT guy for, for that office. And uh, eventually I decided to, to start my own company. And, and much of that came out about just the same way it did when I was uh, young. I just started helping people around me in the community. And uh, eventually I was helping enough people with their technology that the light bulb just came on. I said, well, you know what? This, this is really something that I need to get serious about. It's something I'm passionate about. I love doing it. And uh, now I am. 
Excellent. So did you start kind of part-time or doing it on the side and then work yourself into full-time with it? Right. So I was doing uh, IT help on more of a business level and office uh, part-time and while I was doing other things there. But uh, I was also moonlighting, uh, helping people with their technology on evenings, weekends, anywhere I could uh, fit it in. So it it started happening very organically, both through my uh, job at the time, as well as just getting out there and and starting to help people on the side. That's great whenever it just kind of evolves naturally like that. You don't really have to go searching for a niche and trying to figure out what kind of business would be a good business to start. It's like before you realize it, you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? So that's an excellent way to start a business. Now, did you always feel like you kind of had the entrepreneurial bug or was it um, you know something you always knew you wanted to do from a younger age or when did the entrepreneurial aspect of that come into play? Sure well uh, from the very beginning uh, I've had that in my life because my father Lou he is a he has always been self-employed himself he is a professional ah. musician he plays uh, violin for a living and ha- has always done that and so being around him uh, growing up, I was actually homeschooled as well. I didn't mention that, but I was always around uh, my father as he was going throughout his, his life and being his own man and being able to make his own way in the world. So that made a very early impression on me. And uh, one, once I started to settle down into the eight-hour workday, once I uh, came <laughs> to Asheville, I just started, uh, I felt like I started losing a little bit of zest for life as mm-hmm. well. It's just not, not the path. I just realized it wasn't the path that I wanted to be on. And that, mm-hmm. you know, while, while I was starting to feel that, I was also starting to realize that something that I'd always been passionate about technology was, it was just, it was, it was so natural for me to do it. And, and other people got so much out of it as well. When I could make a good connection, spend an hour or two with somebody and really help them to use technology more effectively. It's such a, uh, core part of our society the way we interact with technology absolutely and and so having those powerful experiences just uh made me realize that that this was the time to to follow in my dad's footsteps and start my own business you know it's so interesting because i you're you're now the 11th interview that i've done for my podcast and as i talk to every single business owner it seems like the ones that are the most fearless about taking the plunge are the ones that grew up in an entrepreneurial family or the the family business type uh, situation, and it's like you see everything, and it's it's not as scary to you, you know, as the family that expects you to go out and get a job and work there for thirty five years and then retire because we all know that doesn't happen anymore, you yeah. know. So uh, it definitely is a theme that I'm seeing here. So I'm glad that you got that early exposure. Now, whenever you finally said, I'm doing this on the side, and I've got enough business to leave my full-time job. What was your biggest fear? My biggest fear, and you know, to be honest with you, the I didn't have many fears when I, when I first started my business, and I, I still don't have, don't have many, but of course, the, uh, the realities of business and of the long hours that one has to work and how hard you have to work for a business, those, those have set in over over time and that's been fine right. and I, I don't really think I was fearful at all when I first started out which was a uh, wonderful exhilarating feeling <laughs> uh, you know since since I started out my I've realized that you really have to be a jack-of-all-trades when you're starting mm. your own business and so True. my main fear uh, 
since then has been that I'll be perhaps blindsided by one of the areas that it seems like I can do well enough at, but that perhaps I should really be leaving it to a professional to, to help me with. So whether it's the financial end of things or the marketing end of things, uh, it's, it's really hard to do everything by yourself, especially as your business grows. So I'm actually right in that point where I'm starting to look at uh, investing more in others to really uh, make formal relationships, to have to have others help make sure that I'm going in the right direction, all the core areas. Because what I'm best at is helping people with technology, and other people have right. specialties too. So uh, that that's the point of, of potential friction that I'm uh, that I'm I'm working on moving forward with. Well, you know, it's interesting too because even with your with your chosen niche of technology. There's a lot that you have to do personally just to stay on top of the trends and the changes that are going on, isn't it? I mean, it's a constant education process for you, isn't it? Oh, oh, definitely. Yep. Every every single day, it's just embedded in my brain to be always checking all various news sources and, and the feeds. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's daily. And if I didn't love doing that, then I wouldn't have been able to start my business because you don't right. have to be out of the loop for more than just a few months. Uh, if that before the whole technology landscape has changed, and it's been that way for for a while. I know people who, uh, for example, I know a friend who his dad was a uh, he was a programmer, and he got out of the industry for a couple of years, and then he he tried to come back in, and he his knowledge was completely obsolete. He just couldn't. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with what I do. I really have to be on top of things. But luckily, that's that's something that's always come naturally for me that I and that I enjoy. The hardest thing now is just finding the time to really dig in the way I need to. Absolutely. Now, as you've um, been in the process of getting your business off the ground and and working in it now for a while, um, have you had any sort of business coach or mentor or anything like that that you've had access to? Yes. Yes, I've had several great coaches. Uh, luckily, here in Asheville, the entrepreneurial bug is strong. I'm not by any, yeah, by any means the only the only one starting a business, and so there are several organizations that I've worked with. Uh, Mountain BizWorks being one of them, Kimberly Hunter mm-hmm. being a business coach that I've worked with uh, significantly. Another one is Score, which is okay. uh, S C O R. E uh, and, and Blaine Greenfield, who's another one. I haven't had one single person that has been the the only difference. I've I've found that it's just been really good to just reach out to as many people as I can. Always be getting fresh ideas, uh, and and some of these people, have, all of them, have, have made a big difference. And uh, I appreciate the fact that there are so many other people here in Asheville that are are willing to give me their two cents when I need some help on which way to go. That makes a huge difference. I know how the local business community um, accepts new people coming in. And you're not the first person that I've heard mention SCORE as well. So I think that's, you know, we're, I'm starting to see some of the, the same organizations be helpful regardless of the area of the country that you're in. And and that's good because it's it's one of those things where you hate to see pockets of, um, of a void, you know, in certain areas. And so I'm glad you've got some resources. Now, have you had any organizations like right there in the Asheville area that have been really helpful, particularly as you've kind of gotten your feet on, on, you know, gotten off the ground and sort of now you're kind of established in the business community. And at the same time, you know, you've, you've got to continually network and, and that sort of thing. So have you had any organizations that you found particularly helpful for that? Right. Yeah. Networking is so important, especially for a business like mine, where 
face to face interaction. I, I'm coming into people's businesses and sometimes their homes. There need to be a significant amount of trust. So actually being right. able to put myself in a place where I can look someone in, in the eye and uh, and maybe help them at that very moment if I'm an event or at least build build that personal relationship. Uh, networking is tremendously important. So. Uh, in terms of the groups that tend to be the best networking groups, it, uh, it, it tends to vary from, from time to time. But uh, Rely Local is one. Vibrant Actual ah. Business is another. Uh, then there's some technology bit networking groups where I'm able to meet some great collaborators as well. Uh, Tech After Five and Meet the Geeks. Uh, there, there's a yeah, yeah. Those are <laughs> some good guys. They're planning a uh, conference, a Bit Summit. Later on uh, this in the summer, I believe, and I think I'll be speaking at that conference as well. Nice. So there are some, yeah, there there are a lot of good networking groups around here. Um, more groups than a single person can possibly afford uh, to go to all the time. True. But uh, it's a great resource, and anybody who is uh, looking to get out in the community needs needs to network. It's just the reality. Absolutely, yeah. And sometimes I think we tend to uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, even though they, you know, are kind of risk takers and all that, some tend to be introverts, and that networking thing is not always just a natural part of their personality. So sometimes it's hard to make ourselves do that, even though we know it's a very necessary part of business. So it's kind of uh, kind of interesting, the dichotomy of how that works. Now, I don't definitely don't want to focus on the negative because you've got so much positive going on with your business right now. But have you had any failures or any hiccups along the way that maybe you could share with us that might be something someone else could learn from? Sure. Well, everybody does, and there are things that I've certainly learned along the way. Uh, in terms of, of my business, uh, and especially all the various products and services that I use to help people be effective in their technology, one thing I've learned is to uh, don't necessarily push a specific product or service without really honing in and really focusing on the uh, solution to someone's problem. So we're all looking to solve a problem for the customer. And uh, it's so easy to put yourself or put the customer into a box where it's only o- only this one thing will, will solve it. The one thing that I'm selling is going is gonna to solve it. And the, and the moment mm-hmm. you get into a mindset where you're, you're selling a product instead of selling a, a solution is when you can start uh. to, to lose people. And every, every interaction... Uh, is is one where no matter what, no matter how things end up at the end of your conversation, you really need to be able to to help someone move forward, or else they're never going to mm-hmm. want. They're never going to talk to you again. So even if, uh, and this is for for people I think who who sell something as well, you want if, if that means that you need to send that person to to someone else instead mm-hmm. because that other person has a better solution or you're just not the right person, then it's important to be able to to admit that and to be honest with them. And you, you can build that person as a, as, a, as a customer in the future for when they need you for what your specialty is and also be, be able to help somebody else in your network. So I've had times, I think, when I push something that might have been wrong for someone and it's definitely grown on me, the idea that I, I need to be helping people uh no matter what mm-hmm. that means and uh, so yeah and i was gonna say it's it's hard especially whenever you realize through a course of conversation that you 
you aren't the right solution for someone. It's hard to send business, you know, to someone else. But can you kind of give us a little bit over of an overview of kind of how your business is set up? I know you um, you do, you know, consultations and then you do some service stuff. You actually sell equipment or how, how exactly do you have it set up? So it, it's all service-based. So I don't actually okay. uh, sell equipment. I may uh, purchase parts for, for people to install into their technology. But generally... Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't sell equipment. Uh, it's all service-based. So it's my, I'm really, what I'm selling is my brain for the most part. My brain to ah. come in and sit next to somebody and help to, to help them to move to the next level. So whether that's the education aspect mm-hmm. or whether it's helping them to, to solve a problem, uh, that that's the model. It, it's all about me uh, sitting down with them and, and getting them where they need to be. Well, and I guess at some point in time, um, you actually have to, figure out based on what they're doing or what they're using technology for what the best solution is and point them either in one direction or another at that point. Would that would that be accurate? Yeah. yeah. And a good example, by the way, of what I was talking about before in terms of not pushing one solution or the other and one which many people are familiar with is the Mac versus PC uh, oh, question, yeah. right? Because uh, it's very personal for many people, yeah. Mac or PC, and almost everybody has a uh, has an opinion on this and and I, I I help people with both Macs and PCs and I I really try to stay if somebody has a firm a firm position on on, on their technology platform of choice it's not my job to, to convince them otherwise necessarily if I mean if it really is just you know I mean if the square peg doesn't fit in the round hole then I'll right no right. but uh, you know, it's really the, the best piece of technology is the one that you're going to be able to use happily and confidently. If you've made a decision, then it's my job to be able to help you to use the tools that you've decided on to, to get your work done. Well, and I guess a lot of people might be in that decision-making process, and they consider maybe your opinion probably higher than they would their own as far as what would be the best solution. So I know I know you have a lot of influence with, you know, with what they do as far as that old debate of PC versus Mac. And you're right, it is very um, ingrained and embedded with certain people. They're either all one way or the other. So it's a difficult, difficult tap dance you do, I'm sure, with some of that. Yeah, and, and you know, it's the main thing is just, you know, people ask my advice all day long, but then you'll you'll run across that one person who didn't necessarily ask your advice, but you're in the advice-giving mood, and so you give it anyway, and that's when you can put your foot in your mouth. So it's just important <laughs> to do a reset before every conversation. That's true. That's funny. Now, right now, um, you know, with the the work that you're doing, are there any marketing strategies that you're using that are really working? I mean, I know it's a little bit different with a service-based business model rather than a product-based business model or anything like that, but what's working for you right now for you to get clients? Sure, and I, and I use a pretty I have a broad spectrum of, of ways that I that I market, so there's no single method that I use that gets, gets all my customers, but uh, one thing that I do is uh, I do classes and seminars, on, ah. uh, on on digital productivity and, and cloud apps uh, really can be a really good introduction to, to somebody who's on the, those first couple of steps of, of upgrading their own personal technology uh, to give them a couple hours of uh, really good high quality information and also make that introduction so that I, they might turn to me the next time they need personal mm-hmm. help. So I've done classes for a, a wide variety 
of organizations, everything from the University of uh, North Carolina at Asheville. I do trainings for their faculty and staff. I've done work for some professional organizations, the uh, Asheville Area Arts Council, helping artists to to get more organized, which can be a challenge sometimes for somebody with that artistic brain. They might need a little (laughs) help on the organizational side of things. Uh, Also, the Asheville Area Paralegal Association, uh, several private organizations, so uh, and, and then public classes as well. So classes have been a great way for me to be able to impart my knowledge, help people, and to uh, build that build that sales pipeline as well. And uh, for me, again, every time I, I get in front of somebody face-to-face, that, that's an opportunity for me to make a great impression. So I do a lot of events as well. Uh, one's going to be coming up uh, fairly soon, the next couple of months, I believe. The real, there's a real estate expo with a lot of realtors. They tend to be the entrepreneurial type who doesn't necessarily right. have an IT department. So going to be uh, working with them, uh, worked with, I uh, do I do deal sites occasionally as well. Okay, uh, I was going to ask about that and see what kind of experience you've had with the daily deal type situation. Yeah, so uh, You Get We Give is the, is the one that I've done thus far, and uh, it's generally been a positive experience. Uh, you just okay. have to really have a handle on... Uh, the, the types of customers that are coming to you to make sure that the customers that you want to retain because with any with any deal site you're going to get a, a certain number of people who are really looking for that bargain and nothing mm-hmm. more and uh, that will likely mean that they won't come back to you unless you uh, put another deal out there and, mm-hmm. uh, we don't we never want to discount our services too much I don't you know it's uh, it's a it's a careful careful balance and so I, I definitely use the deal sites but only within uh, the the mix of of everything else because okay yeah yeah it's it, it's a good it's a good piece of my strategy though well and that's I was going to say I think if um especially if you keep up with your numbers and you know what value it's bringing or what your ROI is on on what you're you know doing with that deal site you can you can effectively incorporate it into your overall strategy without having to rely too heavily on it or at the same time discount your services so much that, you know, it becomes, um, you know, not a good investment. So um, now on your um, business, I'm sure you mentioned like getting people to come back. I'm sure you do a significant amount of, uh, re- you know, customer retention type, uh, promote not promotions necessarily, but marketing. And what do you, what works for you for retaining those customers? I know your, your service um, type thing might lend itself naturally to doing some of that, but tell us a little bit about what you do for those retaining and repeat customers. Right. And, and so the first step to, to retaining customers is, is to get to, to make sure that the customers I'm getting in the first place are the kind that would come, that would come back to me in the first mm-hmm. place. So, uh, what I mean is that uh, as opposed to doing heavy focus on the home-based user, who I love, I love working with home-based, home-based users and families, but oftentimes what they're looking for is a, perhaps a fix to a problem, something that tends to be on the, perhaps on the slightly simpler side. Uh, just typically, uh, it tends to be uh, a kind of customer that will uh, retain my services less often where when I'm working with an entrepreneur or someone who's building a business, that business is growing every day. Their needs oh. are growing on a regular basis. And so making sure that I'm finding ways to mark, mark myself so that the right kind of person uh, comes to me in the first place, kind of person who, who uh, will 
continue to need te- technology services is uh, is really important. Uh, but beyond that, of course, treating your customer really well when you're there, going the extra mile, doing whatever it takes to make sure that by the time you're done with them, uh, they are happy. Is uh, yeah, that that's a basic thing, but it's so tremendously important. And if there's anything that didn't get resolved by the end, just you ran out of time, there are a couple of extra questions. Uh, I make sure that I follow up with them, whether it's a week later or a couple weeks later, or a month later. Never let it be uh, too long uh, from your last conversation with that person. Mm. And it it really can be at that point. It's it's less marketing and more just just checking people enjoy being checked up on when you're the one who's providing a really valuable service to them and again when you have someone that like an entrepreneurial style person they're always growing their business there's always another question that's coming up in technology and it's not and i try not to nickel and dime folks either if somebody has a question for me and it's just a quick question via email i always encourage people to ask me questions whether it's over email or via social media on Facebook, uh, make it a conversation. Uh, right. And, and if, I, if I help them a little bit right now, eventually I'll be back at their location and helping them on a larger project. Well, you know, that entrepreneur is probably, I would imagine, that is like the perfect customer for you because because of the growth and they're, you know, they're scaling as they go and their technology is scaling right along with them. And to have somebody to even bounce ideas off of and say, I was thinking about automating this or implementing that and will this work to do what I want it to do? You know, that is so valuable to somebody who is trying to be the jack of all trades in their business, but maybe comes up a little bit short on the technology end of it. Right. Yeah. Perfect example. I have a customer. uh, Her name is Suzanne and she runs a voiceover agency, a talent agency connecting uh, talent from mostly the West coast with, uh, companies, whether it's uh, for commercials or TV shows or movies all across the country. And she's just a one woman show, just like me, only a single person. And so she relies on automation to be able to get the more boring stuff out of the way so that she can make these personal connections between the companies who are looking for talent and uh, the voiceover talent that's out there. So she gets to put her skills where they're best used and use technology to get rid of all those tasks that she really doesn't want to do anyway. <laughs> exactly. That's a, yes. That's a great model though. That's a great thing. And more I think, you know, the more more people become comfortable with technology in their business and, you know, even just realizing what all the possibilities are, I mean, it's endless when you think about it. So having someone with more knowledge than they currently have that they could ask questions to is, is so valuable. Now, for your business right now, what type of um, business metrics or performance indicators do you currently measure and why do you feel like those metrics are important to your business? Uh, sure. And this is actually an area that I definitely know I can improve on because it's easy to have a, an, a what, what seems like an intuitive sense uh, of where your business is going. But mm-hmm. you really do need to take a look at the numbers because especially when you are deep in the weeds with your business, it's it's easy to overestimate or underestimate anything that might be going on. So, of course, keeping a constant uh, or regular eye on your on your cash flow and making sure that you have a, a strong system. And it doesn't have to be a complex system. It could be an app. It could be QuickBooks. It could just be an Excel spreadsheet, but it's something that you want to be able to check often and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and really be in tune with so that you can plan out your business the way it should be. Uh, I also... Uh, 
like to track my uh, my client sources, just like I was uh, talking to you about before. I had a pie chart in front of me with every single client that I have in my uh, client relations management system. I put mm-hmm. the, the lead source on there because it's really easy to, to think you're getting a lot of leads from one place when it's actually coming from somewhere uh, different altogether. And so making sure that when you put somebody into your contact management system for the first time, getting the, the basics about how they came to you and, and, and being able to follow that breadcrumb trail back is important. Yeah, that's that's where you see how well your dollars are being utilized and at the same time what you should put more into or take some out of. And let me ask you this. I, I get different answers whenever I ask entrepreneurs this, but what are you currently finding your biggest referral source is um, for your clients? So the biggest, my biggest referral source uh, is, I mean, referrals from current customers so word of mouth. It's word of mouth. Right. Yeah, definitely word of mouth. So I'm still small, and uh, word of mouth. Even if even if I get bigger, though, I think that's the way it, it's going to be here in Asheville. I don't know whether it's necessarily different than other areas of the country, but uh, you know, and I and I tell people uh, after after I visit with them, please, if you if you enjoyed my service today, please tell your friends. And I've gotten some fantastic letters that have been sent out to people's neighborhood associations or business associations wow. sent to hundreds of people at a time just because I made that that simple inobtrusive ask and if they appreciate what you're doing then then they will people enjoy being able to have have the power to help to help others and and to be a mover and shaker like that people want to be connectors and uh, you just have to make that little push to make it so you know it's interesting because now you're the 11th business owner in a row that has said their biggest source of referrals for their or their biggest source of new customers is the word of mouth referrals and you know that is what is so critical for local businesses to be able to harness that and, and just like you say to be able to be comfortable asking for that and and being able to um, you know get the word out between one one person to another I mean we love doing that especially when we you know if you've had a problem at your house and suddenly you come in and you fix it I can't imagine that people wouldn't just be like, oh, my gosh, this guy just did uh, – he, he fixed everything, and everything finally works again. And, you know, suddenly it's such a relief they have to tell somebody, you know. Yeah. And to have that word of mouth is so critical for small businesses. So I'm glad to hear that that is working well for you and that you're comfortable asking for that because, um, like, you're right. It does make you sort of a rock star among your friends whenever somebody says, hey, does anybody know anyone who does blank? And you're the one that always says, I've got a guy. You know, and so that that's really a, a nice place to be in. So excellent. Now, as far as the day to day running of your business, do you have a favorite tool? I would imagine with you, it might be a technology tool. Maybe that's a stretch for me to even <laughs> say that. But is there a, a, a something that is your go to tool for the everyday running of your business? Sure. Well, uh, I would say that two tools that I use in tandem uh, really work well for me. And this is in terms of being able to track the thing, the important things that happen in my business on a day-to-day basis. One of them is Salesforce, a customer relationship system that allows me to record any interaction that I have with a client. So if I have an on-site meeting or a phone call or an email, I can easily record what happens uh, into Salesforce. I can easily view it on my phone and whenever 
somebody has a question about a previous uh, meeting, I can always easily reference it. So in terms of the things that I do for my clients on a day-to-day basis, that's my airtight system for uh, being able to archive that information. And I I like to use that in uh, conjunction with Evernote, which is another uh, (sighs) software product. That's a free one. Love Evernote. Evernote's fantastic. (laughs) And and for some people, it takes a little while to to really understand what Evernote's all about. But what Evernote can do for you is it's just your one place to put all of the the stuff that wouldn't necessarily fit anywhere else. Maybe it would be on a sticky note somewhere. Maybe you'd take a picture on your phone and forget it was there. Uh, it can take voice notes, it can record web pages, but it's a chronological list of all of the interesting things uh, that may have happened to you. So if I go to a meeting, I can put meeting notes in there, but if somebody gave me a, a document as well from that meeting, I can scan it using my iPhone directly into Evernote in the same document. Uh, if I go to a networking event and I meet 10 different people and I have 10 different business cards, I can just scan all 10 business cards into my Evernote uh, with the heading for whatever networking event there was that day. It's just a, an extremely flexible system to be able to note the, the really important things uh, that happen. And it has built-in reminders and such. So if there's something you have to do with that note, you can make sure that you don't uh, that doesn't get away from you. And uh, it's, my, it's my digital filing cabinet for my day-to-day work. Absolutely. Now, is, is Evernote something that you're able to um, kind of turn a lot of your customers on to? Definitely. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I teach Evernote in my classes as well, so getting things done digitally is one of my classes, and uh, that Evernote is, is a great way for people who are, who are looking to, to start that journey uh, to going paperless, and uh, it's, it's a great tool. I, I love it. I use it, have used it for a while now, and they, they just keep making enhancements that make it better and better all the time, so I think it's it's got to be one of the most popular, like, you know, just tools that people use online. So I I love it as well. Now, one of the areas that we like to cover in these interviews, um, you know, some of our listeners might be people that are not yet small business owners, but they're looking for a niche and they're looking for a way to break out and do something on their own. And so in talking to business owners, I like to identify any holes in the market that you have seen in your local area. Now, we understand you're in Asheville, North Carolina. And so have you noticed any um, products and or services that you would love to be able to source or use locally, but you don't have anyone providing that service or product? Right. And I I think what I'm going to talk about is a little bit more uh, on the the general side and something, an Uh observation that I've found about Asheville. Asheville is a, a great idea town. People come to Asheville with a lot of really good ideas, but uh, when it comes to making a successful business, the actual implementation of the ideas, just getting the business basics down can be, for whatever reason, I think it's a little harder for many people here than other places. I'm not sure whether it has to do with the fact that many people don't necessarily have enough funding to make the right run of it, but I think it also has to do with just making sure you have the basic business skills, the business skills that you need for any business uh, Mm. to really nail those down because I I see business after business uh, start and then flare out after maybe even just a couple months and any business that uh, is is planned for properly, you're going to be able to go longer than two or three months 
uh, yeah. to, to make your business run. So, you know, there, there's a lot of competition in Nashville and in various sectors, but I, I think for someone, you know, uh, for someone who's just, uh, who wants to start a business, just, just make sure you have everything in order and that you're willing to put, put the work in. It's not just about the best idea in the world is not going to work if you can't put in that hard work. And it's not just the work behind the scenes. It's also the work getting out there and promoting it. And just knowing that if you start a business, that business is going to, to some extent, take over your life. And Absolutely. it's not, of course, not just about taking over your life because many people's businesses take over their life without them even being able to be productive while doing so. It's easy to get into a uh, state of mind where you're just flailing about. So it's having that sort of more harder edged business sense. And if you don't have that, then going out and, and, and getting it, talking to the people that you need to and getting that business coaching and really putting yourself in, in position to succeed. And in a place like Lashville, that, that is a little bit on the rare side. But if you if you can do that, then you'll be successful. It's interesting because I think, you know, Asheville has a, a dense population of very creative and artsy and artistic kind of people. And I think ideas come very, very abundantly to that personality type or whatever, right brain, left brain, whatever that is that, is mm-hmm. that drives that. And that is also the the part that keeps the implementation from being, you know, A, B, C, D, E, you know, it's it's not logical that way sometimes. So I think, you know, you see it more probably in Asheville because of the high population of creatives that are um, just really, they, they've got a mission and it's an idea, but that implementation is the hard part. It's not the idea part or even the craft part of it. It's just the implementation. So mm-hmm. you're exactly right on that. Now, is there something that you have learned as a business owner that you know now but you really wish you had known when you started that you could share and that might be helpful to someone that is just getting started well it's uh one thing and and this i guess ties into the previous comment a little bit is is just keeping an even keel and not not allowing yourself to be overwhelmed by your business being able to and maybe that means uh keeping slightly more regular hours mm-hmm. uh, but it, it just has to do with uh, being able to keep a big picture view. Even when you're in the midst of your business, being able to take a weekend and, and go someone else and, and turn it off for a little while uh, right. is, is so important to be able to, to make it in the long run. Because any business that really wants to be successful, real business, it's going to be a marathon. And uh, mm. I've I've had to learn it the, uh, the the hard way over time. Even before I started this business, just in my professional life in general, is that it's not it's not a sprint. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you have mm-hmm. to work really hard for for a while. But you have to be able to give yourself those those mental breaks and be able to detach yourself from your business. Uh, sometimes um, just to be able to give yourself the the clear head that you need to run your business well. So it's it's easy to grind yourself into the ground with your business and it feels it even feels good sometimes but uh there, there's i think for for some business owners there can actually be a, a self-righteousness that comes into play or you know i'm working so hard on my business you know I, right. i'm just doing everything i could possibly be doing so it's going to succeed and and but once you re- go past that that tipping point 
where you're no longer where you may be working really long hours and you may even be working hard but if you're not working smart then it doesn't mm. matter and you need to be able to give yourself that refresher uh from time to time uh yeah I have heard that from from several people you know just the taking time to whether it's you know whether it's taking the time to just step away and unplug for a weekend or do something entertaining or go to something that is specifically for your own development or professional development um that you know so many business owners get so busy working in their business that they don't have time to work on their business and you see that burnout factor happen i mean there's there's i can't imagine anything more um di- distressing than getting to a point where you finally start the business that you're you're feel like is your passion and then very quickly your your light begins to fade and suddenly it's not it's not what you thought it was supposed to be because you've just burned yourself out so i can definitely see how that's a great piece of advice for people that are uh, getting into business whether you're working uh like you are um as a solopreneur or an entrepreneur that's got other people working for them it's even more critical not to be burned out yeah. <laughs> at least you can't take the whole company you know you can't take other people down with you if you're the only one being burned out but it's it's a difficult difficult proposition to pull other people with you beyond the point that you've burned out so and there's a, there's a good book that i that i read that has uh that has some really good perspectives on this called uh, for better or for work a survival oh. guide for entrepreneurs and their families and uh this is by meg hirschberg who is the wife of gary hirschberg who started stonyfield farms and okay. a, a vermont okay. farmhouse this is a big yo- mm-hmm. big uh, organic yogurt company they're uh multinational or at least national now and yeah. uh anyway they, they, she has she went through that experience of the extreme the extreme entrepreneurial uh husband and and how that affected her family and uh what what we do in our business affects those around us whether it's uh, a significant other or our our parents or our friends i mean what we do really does affect our entire circle so it's important to be cognizant of that well, and I think so many people, you know, th- they start out on the entrepreneurial track in part sometimes to establish the lifestyle that they want to live and then sometimes very quickly get into it and realize that, wait a minute, this isn't working out the way I thought it was. I'm putting in too many hours or now I still don't see my children or I still can't go to the baseball game because I'm working. And um, there are ways there are ways to negotiate that and readjust what you're doing so that it can be what you want it to be. It's not time to throw away the baby with the bathwater, but that I'll um, definitely in the show notes link up to that book and any of these other resources that you've mentioned too, because I want people to be able to have them at their fingertips because um, it's, it's something that we can all learn from. So um, now you have shared a lot about your business with us today and been really generous in talking about, um, you know, the lessons that you've learned and the, the mistakes that you've made and that sort of thing. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity to promote anything within your business that um, that maybe our listeners would would benefit from, is there anything you have going on right now? I know you've got some speaking engagements and other things like that, but just uh, take a minute and, and toot your own horn or tell us what we can uh, what we can do to help promote your business. Sure. Well, you can uh, learn more about me at AshevilleDigitalLifestyle. Com, Asheville Digital Lifestyle on Facebook as well. Uh, please okay. 
feel free to just come and, and ask me questions. Be a part of the community. It doesn't matter whether you're uh, from Asheville or, or from somewhere else. If I can help you uh, with a technical quandary that you may have, uh, then that, that makes me happy. So just if, if you are in the Asheville area, let people know that I'm out there and uh, participate. Participate via email, Facebook, or on my website. Excellent. Now, I will put links to all those in the show notes because I definitely want people to be able to find you and be able to um, to get in touch with you if you need. Because you never know, um, there might be a business group out there or other people that are, uh, you know, might be interested in hiring you to come to their business or their next event and try to help demystify some of this technology. Because I know it uh, the, the older we get and the faster technology changes, um, you get to a point where you can't keep up. So people like you are always good to have in your contact list. So I'll definitely be able to pass that along. Um, and I just I, I tell you, as far as, um, you know, learning and the, the things that you're doing to help educate people, um, I'm, I'm so excited that that is part of what you do to get people maybe to be a little bit more independent or be, you know, not be completely dependent on you. And so, um, you know, I definitely know that that education part of it is going to you know, play out whenever people email you or they get in touch with you and ask questions. You want to show them how to accomplish this for themselves and not just um, click here and point there and double click this. And, you know, it's not it's not a tactical thing. It's a strategic type thing. And so I'm glad to hear um, that that's kind of your philosophy as far as your business goes. Um, Jensen. I can't thank you enough for coming and spending time. I know you could have uh, been doing a hundred other things tonight and uh, instead of talking to us, but you've shared uh, your business. You shared a little bit about um, your, your experience and even your history and your, you know, personal stuff with us. And it's just been a pleasure to talk to you. And um, I will have all these resources and how people can get in touch with you in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Oh, thank you, Christy. It's been a pleasure. Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 